Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I'm your host. And today, we are finally coming to you live from our brand new offices uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, and we are... uh, Sadly, not yet in our studio. <laughs> so uh, you may hear uh, some lingering construction happening around us as uh, our final finishing touches are being put on, being put on our space here. And so uh, if you do hear a spare drill or uh, contractor walking by, don't worry. Um, that's not in your house. It's here <laughs> in our offices. But uh, we will very soon be uh, coming to you from our brand new studio, which is going to be in our new offices here. And we are we're so excited to be able to uh, show you that and to also uh, have some brand new video content coming your way very, very soon. So uh, today on the show, obviously, Father's Day is coming up. And uh, Uh, Though we will not have a kind of traditional, explicitly Father's Day conversation today, um, Mo Ottinger and I are going to just kind of reflect on um, our journeys, both as as parents and specifically as fathers, and um, the things that have been um, uh, special for us as we've been on this journey so far. So uh, obviously, I will say, as we're starting off into this conversation, uh, Father's Day, as Mother's Day does, as any special holiday when, when you are particularly affected by uh, one um, relationship or another can do, F- Father's Day for some brings up uh, some, some heaviness or some sadness or some deep joy and gratitude. Um, so just know that wherever you are at today, um, when it comes to thinking about Father's Day, whether it brings great resentment or great joy, um, sorrow, sadness, uh, or, or mixed feelings. Maybe it's a tough holiday for you. Um, just know we are, we are coming uh, lightly into this area today, sharing our own experiences, uh, but by no means are we coming to you definitively with uh, the expert's guide to Father's Day here uh, from ETC. So we want to share some of our experiences and, and some ways that uh, fatherhood has been unique for us. And so, uh, and so we'll do that now. Mo and I are here in our new offices, and uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, we've we moved offices recently. Uh, we are uh, still in Memphis, but in a brand new space. Our studio space, however, is not completely done, so you may still hear some construction here or there uh, as we are recording, but uh, for the most part, uh, we're here and, and loving it, and so uh, we wanted to take a, just a few minutes as we were uh, as Father's Day approaches, Mo and I were just reflecting on maybe the last couple weeks, years, like what, what were some of the aha moments or the things that have been uh, really important or formative for us as, as dads? And we just wanted to share those today. And so uh, this won't be a, uh, some big grand narrative of uh, the expert's guide to fatherhood or a comprehensive uh, tell-all about how to do this the right way, because honestly, it is... Uh, uh, that is that is not where we're at, um, and I would venture to say that anybody who does tell you they've got the comprehensive guide to fatherhood for every person on earth is just, just lying. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, we're all different. And so, with that being said, that also uh, it's also worth noting that Father's Day can bring up a lot of emotions in us, a lot a lot of emotions based on your own uh, particular story and life and uh, journey with own uh, father or father figure or father figures. Um, we know that this can be a extremely touchy 
or hard subject, uh, or it can also be a, a very endearing and joyful subject to talk about. So wherever you're coming from today, just know we, we've got that in mind, and there's a little bit of everything um, in uh, from that regard in, in our stories as well. And so uh, just know we, we're coming to you knowing that that is... Uh, for some people, for some folks, this is a tough discussion. So, uh, or a tough, a tough day to think about. Uh, and for others, it's great. And so, uh, we understand that, recognize that. Uh, so, we we just wanted to bring a couple of things that have been uh, monumental for us in our own parenting journey. And so, uh, Mo, I'll start off. And I, I've, you sure. know, we we've talked before, and I, and I've probably mentioned it on the show before that just it, just starting out. Just based on my personality, the way I'm wired, uh, one of the most difficult disciplines for me is to not pay attention to uh, the expectations that are being placed on me by other people. I I have this people pleaser in me that I just can't seem to get rid of. Um, there are times when obviously it can be really helpful and great um, and times when it's totally toxic. And so um, I, I, when I think back on my earliest days of parenting, uh, those were some of the toxic times. I, I realized I was kind of rudderless when I when it came to like just knowing how to parent, as we all are. You know, we all strap the car seat in the car at the hospital for the first time, uh, or, or you you take that first drive with your kid in the car, and you're just <laughs> it's just different. You you're paranoid about stuff. Um, you look check the back seat every two seconds. Uh, so you know, none of us have this thing figured out, and. And even though we might have ideas of how it needs to look, uh, for me, I'll say, I, I started to examine my expectations and I had all these expectations about how bedtime would look, about what our kids' interests would be, about, you know, you know, we talked before about just the idea of just going out, playing ball with kids or, or have, having shared interests. I think a lot of what I expected was that our kids would just want to do stuff that I wanted to do all the time in the way I wanted to do it. And, and somehow you convinced them they are Auburn Tiger fans, which they, they did follow you down that. So far, road. so far. Although I, I, you have one child, Renee Nameless, uh, who is just the most practical thinker. And that child said, can, can you tell me why we cheer for them? They don't, they don't win that often. Like, they're not, they're not that good. Roll Tide. And it, was, it was hurtful, uh, but we're, we're making it through with some long conversations and, and counseling. But we, so, uh, yeah, it just was different than what I expected. And, and I think one of the key differences and one, one of the big watershed moments for me was just this moment of, of trying to get kids to bed. And I, I had it stuck in my mind that, you know, only weak dads lay in bed with their kids till they fall asleep. I, and for some of you, you might, some of you might hear that and think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Or some of you might be like, well, that's right. Absolutely. So I'll say for, for me, it, it was rooted in this need to be able to control my kids. Like not, not maniacally, but just, I had it in my head, Hey, Dads have control of their family. Dads have control of their kids. Dad, you know, a dad that is a good dad is a dad that is listened to and respected, maybe a little bit feared uh, within the house, but somebody that would, you know, their word goes. And that mantra of, of uh, you know, the stereotypical TV mom saying, you wait till your father gets home. Like right. I had in my mind, that's the line of fatherhood. So when when mom might have a tough time with bedtime with one kid, I should be able to go in there and tell him, hey, you go to bed when we say you go to bed. Now lay down, good night, and walk out. Uh, as I listen to that now, I realize how ridiculous that is. But it, but it, 
it started off a moment for me of, of reflectiveness and going, why? Why do I think this? And why do I not have control over my house or my family? Or why does no one listen to me? And of course, it wasn't that bad. But those, those things, those unmet expectations were killing me. Um, and I don't know if you have any, any early thoughts of, of parenting yourself or, or things that you've been reflecting on that, that you've learned over the time. That, that's one of my first ones. You know, it's, it's uh, I would love to sit here, you know, six kids, eight, uh, I mean, we're about to celebrate a bunch of birthdays in our house. And so we'll go from nine to 21, nine years old to 21. And uh, so 21 years almost in this parenting journey. And so I would love to say that let's go back to, um, you know, let me go back to the beginning and what I, but here's the reality for me is uh, the last two weeks have been really crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, you announced that we moved into our new offices. It's been long days, crazy days. Uh, I mean, we've <laughs> practically slept up here the last good bit. And, yeah. and with, all that, that means we've been out of routine. That means um, we've, we've been away for a while. You know, I've been up here a long time. Kids have been, it's just, and so there's been a little more chaos, a little more disruption to schedules, uh, everything. And so, I mean, it's amazing to me. Here I am, I turned 50 here in a month or so. I've been a dad for almost 21 years and like you know my desires for my kids to grow but the reality is I'm still growing too yes. as a dad yeah like yeah like like we don't we don't arrive as this <laughs> this uh like if we do this one thing we've now kicked into we've got it right yeah. like my kids are growing and and they are all entering into new seasons of life. And, um, you know, I've got some that are getting ready for third grade. I've got some that were planning their senior pictures. I've got some looking at college and work and right. all those things, right? right? <laughs> and so um, they're growing and growing into who they are and, and all of that. And, and I'm still growing as a dad, too. Yeah. And yeah. that's... Um, that's refreshing in some regards yeah. that, that I'm, I'm still maturing. I'm right. still, you know, like each kid's different. Each kid is unique. Um, that I get to, that I get to grow as they're growing into those seasons. And, and so, um, I mean, I just share that in the sense of like, I don't know if we talk about expectations, maybe I had an expectation that, I would just know how to do this dad thing. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Yeah. And, and there yeah. would be these little humans in my house and I would just be dad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, it seemed to always have the answer and you'd yes. always know what to do. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the reality is, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having to mature and grow and learn and be humble mm -hmm. and be teachable. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm having to, I mean, you know, I know we've done an episode on this, but like the, one of the big things for me is that 
just being the ability to be fully present with my kids mm-hmm. and like the ability to be not just physically present with them, but emotionally present. And, and I've shared about the work that I've done there, but I, what I hope if, if you've listened to the, the, the Dan yeah. Coley episode, right. With yeah. Dan, um, I hope what people did not take away from that was that, oh, I'll become like Mo did this work to be emotionally fully present and now he's arrived. Right. I mean, it, it was like a week ago. Like Tom was like, did you realize how you just like you just responded like your 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 tone changed, your body changed, your body language, all that. I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> she was like, oh, my word. Yes, you did. Like the kid said this and you responded that way. I was like, it didn't bother me. She was like. What you, the air that you just like the yeah. way you just presented yourself to that child conveyed a completely different message if you are really not upset or frustrated or whatever. And so, like, I think what I just want to tell dads is like, um, one, be gracious with yourself because you're on a journey mm-hmm. and, and you will, you're, you're always growing. Hopefully you're always growing. I think you, you're either, you have to, there's no neutral here, right? right? Like you're right. either, you're either going to be intentional and grow and become more fully present with your kids, emotionally healthier. Um, you're not just going to stay in limbo. Like you've yeah. got to do that. And so, I don't know. I think it was just kind of this aha for me of like, oh man, I still got work to do. Yeah. And it's is one of the areas for me that there's been the most work in was I, I think the I never I never thought I would be the try to live my dreams out through my kids dad and it's not that simple with with me I, I didn't have these ideas of like well I didn't make it to state so dad going this kid's gonna make it to state like they're gonna make it there. it wasn't that as much as it was uh I, I had some help to offer in the areas that I had also experienced growing up. So if you wanted to play a certain sport and I played that sport, hey, look, I can show you how to shoot a free throw. I can show you how to throw a baseball. I can show, uh, and uh, one, of my, one of my kids is super into dance and is unbelievable at it. And I have less than nothing to offer in that area. And uh, the only reason that we have this like triumphant, awesome experience of him being this amazing dancer is I was just given the really simple advice early on that, you know, your, your job is not to tell your kids where to go. Your job is just to explore with them, like, and help them, help them find what's in them that's unique and special and where their gifts are, where their passions are, and just how to help them explore those things. That, that's kind of one of your roles as a dad. It's just, you're not the you're not the bus driver, like you're on the tour with them and you're, you're just helping them to explore. And because of that, it, it was a constant practice early on not to stereotype and not to uh, just follow my own interest in shoving that kid into X, Y, or Z thing. Now, we did have some experiences along the way where uh, we, you know, wanted to push into, I, I wanted to push into an area where, that I loved as a, as a kid and there was this, just a, a just a, total lack of interest. And, uh, there was a moment of, I had my feelings hurt in that. 
But then I had to remember like, oh, this is great. This means this is not, this isn't something that's going to be a huge passion of theirs. And that's totally great. So we can sort of, you know, for this stage of life, kind of cross this off the list for right now. And we'll go look at something different. And uh, when you get to do that and you get to see your kids kind of walk into something that they end up really loving and, and, uh, and embracing, it's, it is a, it's a feeling as a dad unlike anything else that I've ever had. And so um, I share the dance story specifically just because yesterday was a recital and, and got to, you know, it's COVID, so we didn't get to be there. We got to watch it streamed um, with that child, and it was unbelievable. And so uh, that's one of my most recent, you know, I, just reminders is that uh, as our kids are, are walking through life, I'm, I'm helping them find uh, things that are interesting and not, not just shoving them into little compartments and boxes. What, what yeah. else do you have on well, yours? Well, I, I was just reminded, um, and just again, I, all my lessons are like from this last few days. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but just the power of play. Mm. Um, like I said, we have been super busy, mm-hmm. and you know, kids have been up here. Kids have been a part of all this construction and all that's been going on, but. You know, there's been times where we've also, they've stayed back with Mimi while Ton and I are up here and yeah. just long hours. And one of my kiddos just, you know, I came home and said, Dad, will you play? Will you play with me? That's like, that. that's simple. Like, Dad, will yeah. you play with me? And um, I said, sure. You know, and we, we went up to her room and, and, you know, like sat down on the carpet and she got some things out, and, and we played. And we have now done that for, like, 14 straight days. Yeah. Like, it is now um, something that um, she so looks forward to. And it's not like we play for five hours, right? right. Like, But, like, right. as soon as I come into the house, Dad, will you play with me? And, like, before I leave to go somewhere now, hey, Dad, when we get back, we'll can, can we play? And I want to say the last two weeks in the midst of all this craziness, my relationship with her has gotten so much deeper. Yeah. Like our connection and, you know, like for me, especially with having six kids, oftentimes I'm, you know, hey, why don't you just go ride on the lawnmower with me? Or, hey, right. let's go outside right. and pick some vegetables in the garden. You know, like it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing her to go yeah. do things with me. And, and this one, it's like, no, Dad, I want you to come do this with me, right? And yeah. and um, it's just been really sweet. Yeah. And I'm like, why would I not want to do that as a dad? Why, why have I been so busy that I miss out on just the joy of playing with my child? Yeah. And, um, and so I've, I've just really been reminded of, of that. And it looks different. I mean, obviously... For this kiddo, you know, she's younger and, and that's going to look different. But, right. you know, just finding moments with all of my kids and mm-hmm. what does that moments of connection and play, yeah. what, what do they love to do? I mean, you know, I, I said I would never play. No, I didn't say I would never play. I, 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 I didn't I had no desire to learn how to play Fortnite. I had no, <laughs> you know, I didn't think I would in like among us all those games. Right. And it's like. Right. 
like we, you know, we all now have our Among Us characters, and <laughs> like that was something we started doing at night, right? Yeah. Like the family, yeah. like it was just this game. And so there's there's a lot of power in play, and I think so often, and I know things are different with COVID, but you know, I go back to just the fully present. What play makes me do is to be fully present with my kiddo. So often we can come home and we can be physically present. We can be under the roof. We can be in the room. Um, we can even be in the car. But, but um, mentally we can be all over the place. Our mind can be right. thinking about work. It can be thinking about what we got to get done for the next day, the projects we haven't finished. Yeah. Um, and play just grounds you. Right yeah. there with your kiddo. And I, I, when you beauty. say that, I, I think about the experience of talking to somebody who's not listening to you and how infuriating that can feel. And that's exactly what I do when I'm, you know, walking into a situation and still sort of glancing at my phone on the side or, uh, you know, I got called out the other night, like <laughs> you're laying down with me and you're watching the Grizzlies game on your phone yeah. on the side. Yeah. I don't like admitting that on the podcast, but I, it was a it was a, a pretty embarrassing moment because when I heard it heard it said by a kid out loud, I was like, "Well, that's <laughs> well, my, you know, <laughs> my child like like one of my teenagers uh, totally says this as a joke, but like something like that would happen, and they're like." Oh, you're really empowered to connect, right? <laughs> like you're on your phone. You're not really connecting. Connect with me, Dad. You know, but it. You yeah. know, again, um, give ourselves grace. But yeah, you know, there is um, just learning how to play. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing that I would encourage anybody who hears this and, and feels like, oh, this is something I need to do. The Mo, you hit it. The reason that the play is so important and to play on the child's terms, the reason that's important is it does, it's kind of like the the idea of uh, keeping your eye on the baseball or keeping your eye on the golf ball or, or whatever. As it's coming in toward the bat, the club, whatever, that, that mantra of keeping your eye on it is really just a mechanism to help you focus. It doesn't actually, you're not actually keeping your eye on the ball and that and it doesn't, there's no magic in that other than it just helps you to focus. And so when there's child-led play, like it's a natural byproduct that we're going to be more attentive and more focused and more there. And that might be hard at first. And so it might be something that you have to sort of, you know, discipline yourself to do over time. Um, I, I think along those lines, one of our recent day, you know, last, this last season of life lessons for me, um, I, when it came to conflict in our house or resolving conflict with kids or, I get. I think it's just conflict in general. Um, I was a great provoker, and I don't think of myself as that. Like no, no one in real life would be like, "Oh, JD's so antagonistic. He's just always just poking and poking and prodding," because that's not how I am as a person. You know, I'm not the guy in the grocery store, you know, causing fights or anything. Or, but man, one of the things that I have never seen a fight in a grocery store. But go ahead. <laughs> I, maybe you're in the wrong part of town. I, I, but I, I'm just not Mr. Confrontational. And I'm not, and right, I'm not right. the antagonistic type. But man, I find that being my MO in conflict with our kids. And one of the things that I've 
uh, been reminded of is uh, one, I'm the adult, and I'm I'm setting the I'm setting the pace for what it looks like to resolve conflicts in a healthy way. Now I'm saying that that's what how it should be. A lot of times that is absolutely not how it would go. A lot of times what I would do is. I would jump on the roller coaster with the kid right away and I would forget, oh yeah, there might be hormones involved. There's all kinds of other stuff involved. Also, it might just be a child who has not yet learned how to resolve conflict the right way. So they're going to their immediate instinctive, you know, the the lizard brain as, as we hear it called, like the amygdala flips up and they go into survival mode. And whether that's running, whether that's yelling, whether that's physically, any of that. And I would just go right there with them. And then 10, 20, 30 minutes later, I'm like, you know, frustrated talking to my wife. Like, and she's like, what is it? Is it resolved? It's like, what? Well, no, they like ran away and I'm not going to chase them around the house. And, and so there was just one particular day where, uh, I just had the, the phrase stick with it in mind. And I just, that, that phrase, you know, that was my keep my eye on the ball for that, for that moment, just sticking with it allowed me to communicate calmly, not to escalate, to be able to stay with it. And I did at one point, not chase, but I did, you know, follow (laughs) said child around the house and just said, Hey, look, we're not gonna, we're not going to go to this place where we get super angry and scream at each other. We are going to resolve it. And I kept coming back to the main thing, back to the main thing. And there was this beautiful moment, I think, of the kid realizing, oh, well, dad's not just going to push my buttons and yell at me and send me over the edge. Like, what he said actually does make sense. There is this one issue. And I had stuck with it long enough for us to, to get to a res- resolution. And then the next time there was conflict, it was a little bit easier, a little bit easier, a little bit easier. I was reminded when we were, I was watching a video of Dr. Purvis the other day and uh, you know, there's, there's several different clips of her with the same kid in one interaction, but they're in like four different rooms. <laughs> and so, you know, that this has just been one of those knockdown drag out type, like it's just taken forever to kind of get back to regulation get back to the heart of the issue. And I saw that and there was just a real comforting reminder of like, see, sometimes you just got to stick with it. And so, I think one piece of advice I would offer is just to to, to remove out of our minds the idea of uh, being a father means that, you know, what I say goes when I say it right in the moment um, because this beautiful relationship building that we've been doing through through sticking with it in conversation and actually getting to the root of, of things and bringing back to regulation and like having connection as the heart of our conflict resolution methods, it has, it has skyrocketed our, our morale in our house. Like, um, and you know, I think it's given confidence to, uh, our kids that, Hey, when there's an issue, it's going to be super annoying that, that mom and dad won't, uh, won't let it go, but it's not going to be won't let it go in a domineering, aggressive way. It's going to be won't let it go because we love you so much. We want to not have something between us. We're going to get back to this and bring connection. So sticking with it, man, having the endurance to calmly ride that storm out is is huge. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I think just hearing you, I think for me, you know, I've had to learn not to take things personal. Yeah, yeah, that's, yes. Um 
that I don't have to center myself on every engagement with my kiddo. Right. You're right. Kids are, I mean, right? Like we're, that's part of Empower to Connect and, and TBRI is, is um, to what's the need behind the behavior, right? right. Like that, what's, what is going on with every interaction with my child? Yeah. And, and yes, man, what they said, um, you know, they said with anger, but what there's more to that story than what was just said right. or stomping out of the room or, or whatever. Um, and so I think that that has been, I mean, game changer, whatever we want to say, right? Yeah. Like the yeah. whole, there's a need behind every behavior um, that's going on in, in your house. And so for me, uh, not to take it personal, for me to be able to be in the moment. Yeah. You know, you just talked about bring it back to regulation, regulate myself, regulate, yes. and 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 realizing, you know, we're we're in this to help co-regulate, mm-hmm. and so I've got to be regulated, yeah. and um, I just there's so much, oh man, for dads, like I just, I mean, I'm just gonna speak, I'll just speak for me, right? Like I've talked about being fully present. If our minds are other places, if we are distracted, whatever it may be, if we cannot be fully present with our kiddo in our home, then can we really regulate ourselves? Can we really help our child regulate? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah. so, like, man, I was, I was in the grocery store last night. I just told you I never see it. You know, I've never seen a fight. Well, I did. I just, I just, I just, I just, I didn't see a fight, but I saw a dad there with his two little kiddos. And man, he was just struggling so deeply. Yeah. And he was in the hot dog section, you know, of the yeah. grocery store. But like, I'm watching him and he's, you know, he's got his phone and he could have been texting to his wife. I don't know. Like, right, hey, what? Right, I mean, right. we all do, right? What else do I need to get the grocery store? Right, the list comes right. piling in. We get it, right? Yeah. But like, but he was so worried about what they were doing and he was trying to get them not to touch everything. And like, it was just going all over the place. And yeah. so like that happens to all of us. Um, but I just think the, yeah, I just think, the beauty of doing our work, um, being able to be emotionally present with our kids, not taking it personally. Every interaction is not an assault on us. Right. We are in this together. We are in relationship with. I yeah. know you're struggling, buddy, but we're 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 gonna do this. Right. Um, man, it, it just there's. There's so many headaches that it can. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, just the just the depth of the relationship. And right. that's what I like. The goal is not for us to look up and we have raised respectful kids that are robots that can just do. Yes, we would like to have respectful kids. But you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like right, right, right. They, they, they set up when they needed to. They responded the way they needed to, they were, you know, like we want to have these relationships with children that grow into young adults, that grow into adulthood, that they are stepping into who they fully are. They are discovering who they fully are. And we are in this just beautiful relationship with them that has gone, that's had pitfalls, 
Mm-hmm. It's had valleys. Yes. It's had mountaintops. We've worked through the hard. Yeah. We've, we've grown deeper. We've all those things. And so, yes. you know, and I think that's, man, I, I don't know. You know, you talked about expectations earlier. I don't know. I don't know if this would fall into that, but like, Parenting has been really rich for me. That doesn't mean it's been easy, but it has been really rich. And I don't know if I had that expectation. Like, I knew I would enjoy it. Yeah. But this type of parenting and this work of intentionality. Yeah. um, To be emotionally connected to my children to watch them grow and develop and mature and to see healing happening in our home, to see myself grow. Um, yeah, I, I just never, I never really thought about those things and they, yeah. that they have been really, they've been really sweet. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm grateful. Yeah. Grateful that, that I'm on this journey and get to be a dad. I, yeah, I, I mean, I think about what you were saying about not wanting to raise robots. One of the big eye-openers for me was, I, so I was a communication major in college, and what I was telling our kids of the day, there was, there was interest from one of them in wanting to be in debate. And I was telling them that was the, the class I took on argu- argument and logic was one of the most helpful classes I've ever taken in my entire life because I had a very annoying professor uh, who, well, he was a great guy, but... He took the role of just annoying guy in class where everything you said, like, well, that doesn't hold up. That didn't hold up. Or how do you know that? Or how do you know this? How do you know that? And it forced me to then think think things through and be able to form logical arguments. And that's helped me a lot in life when there's things I don't understand or, or, or pressures I'm putting on myself. I've started to learn how to, like, carry those things out. Well, what what is this belief I have? Like, what is this based off of? And where does this lead down the road? And when I was struggling in the beginning with the, the, I was in the ETC parent training class. I remember just kind of struggling with the idea of giving kids voice and child led play and all this. I kind of thought like this, this just sounds like kind of hippie commune stuff where like you're just letting kids do what they want and get away with whatever they want. And the big light bulb for me was, was sitting down one night and kind of carrying that thought process out and then looking at, the traditional way of doing things that I had been raised in, which is, you know, uh, do what you're told, when you're told, with a happy heart, uh, the first time, you know, on like, and if it's not done the first time with a good attitude, then it's not done. Like, you got to go back and do, and so I, I just remember carrying both of those logic models out. Now, for our family too, like, we're a transsexual adoptive family. So I, I'm doing the math of watching um, these these issues around the country of uh, kids who look like mine having their lives taken by being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, I'm, I'm starting to panic a little bit thinking like, well, if I just teach kids to obey authority, that, that still might not be enough. Like I, and it started to click for me. Like I'm not, if I'm, if I'm only teaching obedience, that works out great while kids are under my roof. But then when they leave, uh, you know, when you're, when you're a grown up. There's not somebody sitting over you telling you every move to make. 
you, you might have that person in your job. You might have that person, you know, in a, a you know, controlling friend or whatever, but there's not somebody who sits there like a, like a parent and just tells you every move to make every day. You have to have the uh, decision-making prowess with, within you to be able to see a situation, read a situation, and then make a decision based on all the information. And what we're doing, the way we're doing it, um, when it comes to connected parenting, it, it's so much more work for parents yes. in the process. But when you're teaching your kids how to make decisions as opposed to just teaching them to blindly obey the authority in the house, they then start to have, there's this kind of J curve, so to speak, where all of a sudden your kids are, are gaining traction and being able to make decisions for themselves. And that way, when they are ready to leave the house, they have already been taught, here's how I make decisions. Here's the grid I think through. Like, here's how I uh, approach life. And when I've got hard stuff to think through, yes, they can come to us for advice, but we've been giving them the tools to think through and, and then the tools to know, here's where I go when I need this information. Uh, and so I think, the, you know, kind of along those lines that my, my, last, uh, my last thing that I've been learning lately, maybe my biggest desire as a, as a dad now, which was not there when I started, uh, is, you know, one of my main roles as a dad is to be the safe place in, in the family, to be the safe place to go when they need help, need to cry, need to laugh, need to tell about something great that happened, uh, need to process through something, need to bounce an idea off. And I can't be that safe place if I've not done the work to be emotionally present. Yeah. And, and so when I'm, uh, every dad I think wants to be that person and, and stereotypically think about, you know, the, um, the kid. So for me, I was uh, lying to my parents one day. I was out with a friend. I was supposed to be home by a certain time. Just told them I was, you know, told them I was on the way. I wasn't on the way yet. I was pushing it way too close on time. So then I back out of, I back out of the driveway, smash into another car, and, you know, the phrase was, was said later on, like, well, if you just would have told us, like, why didn't you feel like you could tell us that you were running late or whatever? And that's a whole different episode for a whole different day. Ultimately, that question comes, and a lot of times kids are like, are you crazy? Like, of course I can't tell you this was happening. Or, of course I can't tell you I was drinking and I needed a ride home. Like, God, you'd have killed me. And, I, and so I think if I'm going to be the safe place in those moments, in, in the moments of deepest need, deepest vulnerability, I've got to set those foundations now of not taking it personally when names are called or, or crazy things are said, uh, not taking it personally when uh, there's, a, there's a mistrust that's been there because I've not been present in the past. And so that idea of, of being in a safe place is a, it's an, it's an earned accomplishment, I think, but it, but it doesn't come in one fell swoop. Well, and I'll say I w I, I've not always been the, that safe person. Same, yeah. I've, yeah. I've not been safe, and I can say that, not uh, emotionally safe. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's part of my parenting journey and part of how I got here to yeah. ETC was because um, – Know, we know how important felt safety is for our kids, and there's a difference between safety and felt safety. And yeah. 
I was not that. I mean, when I came into parenting, when I came into fatherhood, I was that big, strong voice, and it was, you know, dad said it, and you do it. Yeah. And I wasn't present. I wasn't attuned. I wasn't all those things. And um, there was some breakdown of relationship that I had to, you right, you said it, it's earned, yeah. right? And yeah. so, I mean, it has it has taken me many years with with you know, one of my kiddos to try to earn back some, some pain and hurt that was caused. And, and, um, I mean, I, if there's an encouragement, um, it can happen, Yeah, it, you know, yeah. It, it can happen. Yeah. But, um, you know, unfortunately I've, I know for myself and I know for, for others is, you know, it, it being uh, a safe person, being that safe parent is critical for our kiddos and yeah. for them to feel safe. You can't just tell them you are safe. Emotionally, right. they know if you're safe. And so um, that is something that is earned and and um, we've got to work for it. Yeah. So uh, we can, we can, we can earn it. Yeah. We can, we can get there. So be encouraged there. There can, you can mend relationships. You can do all those things, but um, I would I mean, you know, my advice would be don't wait till try to try to connect and earn that earlier yeah. than later. Yeah. There's, there's interest that will be paid later. Yeah. And uh, the sooner you can do it, the better. It's, it's again, this picture, and I might've shared this on the show before, but uh, a counselor of mine at one point uh, when, when talking about just uncovering these hard places in our heart, he said, uh, listen, at the end of the day, your, your heart's like a Tupperware container and you can put the leftover lasagna in there. And even if you clean out every single thing that's in that Tupperware container, except for that one corner of lasagna, if you close it back up and you put it back up in the fridge without cleaning out that one part of lasagna, you're going to open it up in a month and it's going to have run rampant through. And so I think the thing that uh, thing for us to remember, and, and my my advice, kind of my closing advice for for those of you who are out here who are dads, uh, there's a panickiness that that sweeps over you when you think about kind of walking through your own past, your own story, your own like your your deepest kind of the darkest hurts. And I think the only thing that could be worse than walking through those things is not walking through them. Yep. Uh, because, like you said, like. The, the payment's going to come due at some point, and, uh, and it's never fun to walk through that, to rip the Band-Aid off. I mean, at, at the end of the day, we're all imperfect. So to face those imperfections is just not fun, especially as a dad. I mean, especially when it comes to thinking that you know, you're, you've got to be the head of the household, the, you know, the one in charge or the picture of strength or whatever. So I think my advice to you would be that the picture of strength is – the bravery to go into these dark places and these hard places and to start processing through it. My advice is always going to be to do that with a professional, with, with somebody who is a counselor, but you know, that might be too big of a first step. And so the first step from maybe, maybe your first step is sharing with a trusted friend, sharing with a partner, sharing with your, um, you know, your, your own folks, your own parents, um, and starting to walk through that. But if, if you don't, um, there's, there's not a scenario where those things don't start to come back to bite you at some point. And so 
uh, the sooner you can start to work through those things, um, the sooner you can be there and be you know, fully present uh, and still fail, <laughs> still fall short sometimes. But, but when you begin to do those things, then you've got a roadmap of sort of how to walk through that well. And I cannot think of uh, any gift that I could give my own kids, and, and particularly my sons, if we're talking about fatherhood, uh, I can't think of a gift greater to give them than the, the knowledge of, of what it was like to live with somebody who was willing to do the work, to apologize when they were wrong, to uh, walk through hard stuff, and to, and to be there for me as I'm walking through hard stuff. So, yep. yeah. It's good. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for this. This yeah. is great. Yeah. Well, there it is, uh, is our reflections on fatherhood so far um, on uh, this Father's Day week coming up. Um, if you've got uh, a, a dad in your life, a, a, a friend, somebody that you feel like would, would uh, enjoy listening to this, please do let them uh, hear it. And then I would say uh, definitely let us know what you thought. So uh, you can always go to empoweredtoconnect.org. You can check that out. You can fill out the uh, feedback form on there. You can let us know what you thought. Um, and uh, also on the website, you're going to see uh, a button, a tab uh, called Dads Connected. Um, it's something that, that we have started a few months back, um, just aimed at being able to be a place for other dads to connect and to start that journey of being present with their kids. And so uh, if that's you today and you're thinking, man, I've, I've got to get, I've got to get something started there, <clears throat> then I would say, check it out. Go check out the Dads Connected tab uh, on our website, empoweredtoconnect.org. Uh, as always, uh, if there's any feedback you'd like to give us, there's some guests you'd like us to have or a topic you'd like for us to cover, uh, please do uh, send it in to us. Let us know. Um, you can do that via uh, DMs on Facebook or Instagram. You can do that via our website as well. Uh, but for Mark Ottinger, for Tom Ottinger, for everybody here at Empowered to Connect, and for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, Tad Jewett, the creator of our music, I'm J.D. Wilson. We'll see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast.